0: From Maintain Media, this is Digital Frontiers, a show about the people pioneering the digital economy in Asia. For show notes, visit us at maintainmedia.com. Hey,
1: everyone. This week on the show, we have John Fearin, who was the founder of Drop My Site, Drop My Email, Gilcrux Holdings uh, with Apex Peak, which is probably his most notable exit thus far. He has since uh, started a venture builder company called Sugar.SG. We go into the show about the differences between venture builders, accelerators, incubators, and venture capitalists. Venture building is a new model, some call it Maker Studios, that is a different approach to venture capital. Uh, instead of taking money and exchanging your equity for that money, uh, now venture building is getting into uh, raising money, your own fund, to build your own portfolio of companies so you keep more of the equity. Uh, we'll get into it. Enjoy the show. Yeah, John, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Um, so I was trying to think, like, where did we first meet? We met at, I think, the E27 Echelon. Yeah, Uh, startup conference it was like early 2012. Yeah, and then you were pitching.
0: You had a better pitch than me. You won. I came second.
1: (laughs) That's that's when you had uh, dropped my site. Drop my site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, so that that feels like a long time ago. So right into sugar.sg. Tell me, tell me the story on how you started it. Not necessarily the why, and then want to hear what venture building is. Okay, Um, so. Basically,
0: when I first took my first funding round uh, back at what I previously had as Gilcrux, when I had dropped my slides and I had my ads and, and the investors looked at me and said, "We don't believe um, that we can pick your winner, but we're going to invest in, in you and, and we'll just give you cash and you can go do anything you want to do and so that was drop my slides original funding. Kind of mm. um, that, 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 that basically allowed me when I decided to do other projects to kind of do venture building. But at the time, I wasn't really thinking along the lines of traditional venture building in what we currently see. I just wanted to start new projects because I found some other things interesting. The first project I actually started failed, and I learned my lessons there um, from what does it actually take to choose a founder. Uh, the, the, the next project that I did uh, was my biggest success, and it was my wife told me not to do it. <laughs> which, which was? Which was at, at, at its peak. Okay. So she, she told me not to do it because she said so I should really focus. Um, but now I don't have to work. So
1: okay. <laughs> that tells you a little <laughs> bit of the story. So so you you took a strategy of um, you, you had some investment coming from people who said, hey, uh, we think you can not just pick the one winner, but can pick multiple. So that's the. No, they
0: said that they don't know which one I'm going to do that's going to be successful, so they'd rather just ride whatever I do, and I'd have to work for them for three years. So, mm-hmm. so I did that. That was, that was Gilcrux, uh, And so I did my three years at Gil Crux. Um At the end of three years, I wanted to do more startups, and, uh, and, and my investors wanted to do just more later stage stuff because they, they built the portfolio to something that was really valuable, mm-hmm. and they were concerned that I would blow through all the money. So new, new stuff. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> a of, a of ways. Okay, so that three and a half years with Gilcrook, and then... Uh, yeah, now now I've done six months of sugar. And in, in those six months, uh, I've brought in another partner, a guy called Mark Kahn. Uh, he's a finance guy, a successful entrepreneur, mm-hmm. he's on right, uh, an energy yeah. investor. And uh, he and I both see the, the problem the same way, which is that uh, the failure rate in startups is too high, mm-hmm. the, uh, especially early stage. Fact is that like, most companies fail within that first 24 months anyway. If you can get past the first 24 months, sure, you're going know, to start failures, but your, your percentages of success go up quite markedly. So we,
1: we, we really focus
0: on the first 24 months, the idea, um, building up traction, getting the team.
1: So, just, so just, just for the audience, just explain what the difference is between uh, venture building and like an accelerator?
0: Uh, sure. So an accelerator takes other people's ideas or it takes existing companies. and says, well, if we just tweaked it the right way, or we gave you the right mentoring, you you would grow really fast, which is a traditional Y Combinator. That's their model. And you can't fault Y Combinator because they're amazing, but everyone else is trying to do Y Combinator doesn't really have the same kind of success. Um, I think partly because they're trying to do it in ecosystems that are not so in value. Um and that basically results in the in the 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 my why comedy and model not really working because something like that is it, just so unique. It's got loads of cash, great mentors, you know, they're they're selecting the best from everywhere, so uh, they're the, the A-League, right? And everyone else, no offense, they don't have as much cash, they don't have as much you know, in terms of mentoring, they don't have those kind of A stars. Um and so they struggle to to get the same kind of results. But in venture building, the idea is that you're not looking for entrepreneurs. You're um, you're looking to take ideas, get enough an traction and then get a, an
1: executive to run the company. How many of these ideas w- would you entertain, like new ideas would you entertain starting each year? I mean, do you have, because I know you're working at four or five, right? So we have like six right now in the portfolio. Okay. Uh, we
0: are committed to do four a year, um, but we we're probably going to do more than four,
1: yeah. Four new ones per year? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then as you're getting into eight, 12 different companies, then some of those ideas will take off, some of them won't, and you're basically... Economics are much better. I can explain
0: economics to you from, from, from a VC's perspective. Uh, a VC is getting somewhere between 10 to 25% usually of a company at this stage of a, of a, of a business. And we're getting... 100%. Um, well, you say, well, you know, you can't run the company. Well, yes, we can. We have a whole team that runs the company, uh, which is from the technical side of it to the marketing, PR, accounting, building
1: the business plan. We have every single facet you need to build companies. Sure. So, I mean, but, and then you and your partner, like, you have the capital to do this. You have the luxuries where you can just say, hey, let's pick. So
0: actually, we, 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 we initially were just doing with our our money, and then mm-hmm. investors came
1: along and said, one want to you cash. So we said, okay. So you just take me through a process on how you started one of them. I know you have six right now, but one of them like. We're doing a story of my life, which is a, it's an app that does a photo taking app right now. So
0: we came up with the idea here, and we built the technology here in Vietnam, just come the a very soft launch um, last, this, this early, this week. Uh, but we know that, we know how hard it is to build apps now because we build them so often, that we realize that um, it's not like what most entrepreneurs believe. Uh, you need to get through the, the first gateway, which is Apple. You need to pass the gateway of Apple's basically telling you yes or no. Once you've achieved that gateway, then you can then start really looking at what, what, what launch is going to happen because it's almost impossible to to to, to calculate how long Apple will keep you oh. Right. You
1: mean you mean getting approved in the Apple yeah. store? Getting yeah, getting approved in the Apple store. Somewhere between
0: one week and, and a month yeah. or, or more. Yeah, yeah. And, and that makes it really hard when you're playing a small, 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 small budget. But once we've achieved that, then we know that that's a business model that Apple accepts. but These are the terms and conditions that Apple accepts. Right. This is what the Apple needs to do. So we've built that app. It's taken us about four months to build. Okay. Um, we went through three iterations to yeah. get to that. Yeah. Um, different technology stacks. So we validated internally, along the way. Internally validating whether or not we liked the experience or not and basically got it to a point where we're like, okay, this makes sense. Then we went off and talked to media partners and get their input. We, we haven't launched yet. We're really? just basically getting out and showing like the application to, 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 to media guys and to partners and stuff like that and then they're giving us feedback along the way so before we even launch before we get a ceo we're probably already at the point where a ceo would be like wow i've launched the application now it's validated and i've got partners on board
1: (laughs) but that we haven't we haven't got a ceo yet that that (laughs) makes sense so you get you get uh, some kind of product market fit some kind of initial traction you can validate through numbers and get feedback through users and all that Mm -hmm. and that might attract the CEO. And then get a CEO. Yeah. 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 That might sound instead of going up to them in the yeah. beginning saying, hey, we have this idea. Then it seems yeah, yeah I know. Yeah.
0: Because the problem with the CEO and the way we hire a CEO is we pay them generally large salaries. Okay. So we pay them, you know, what in, start, in startup holders, a large salary, sure. more than 10,000 US dollars a month. Sure, sure. So that can't be justified in your, in your age
1: initial couple hundred thousand
0: dollars yeah funding. So, so, we, so we just don't buy that person. <laughs> and,
1: then, and then what do venture builders do? Like, you know, you're building this portfolio. Not all of them are going to work out, yeah. right? I mean, I'm assuming that's the model. It's like, you know not all of them are going to work out. Yeah. So if, if one isn't showing progress, you just treat it like, okay, now you have your board hat on or your your, your own kind of like VC hat on and you, and you know kind of sunset one idea. And, and if there is like a talented CEO, you roll them into something else.
0: Uh-huh. So, 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 Generally speaking, we start with the consumer idea, and, and if it doesn't work out, we go to B two B idea.
1: Okay, it's really easy to B two B. Okay. So, I mean, if you have an idea that's B two C and you're not seeing, you know, thirty percent NAU or ten percent DAU or anything like that, mm-hmm. then you'll you'll think, okay, you know, let's I like charge this into B two B. Okay. How do I don't put this to B two B? How do I like put a B two B on this? Company. Is that is that a sort of a, a page in a playbook you've seen other venture builders do? I mean, is, are, I don't know. It's the way we do it. It's okay. it's it's kind of like we know that the um,
0: the big hit comes from a Quanzima play, but there's nothing wrong with you know making a profit. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so we look at it like. A half our stack will probably be maybe loss making, but going after you know very very big exits, and half our stack will just be profit. <laughs> right, right. So, so some stuff. SaaS stuff, some BSC stuff, and maybe some stuff just doesn't work, and that's fine, you know. But frankly, like we don't give up that quick, yep. which is which yeah. is the difference between uh, the traditional startup guy and, and us is
1: that we're just more resilient. Yeah, this is very interesting because it's like if you know, you know, people say when you're starting a company it's all about the team and all that. So mm-hmm. you're 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 carefully picking the team and the, you know, marketing people or uh, development resources, and you've got that, you know, like sort of ready to go. Yeah. You just need the ideas and then you can ask yes, you. We have the ideas. We have everything.
0: It's yeah. it's actually crazy, like is you rocket just, internet? Uh No, they're not like this. Okay. The the difference in rocket is um the main difference is Rocket is interested in e-commerce, primarily, and we don't do e-commerce. So we don't do e-commerce for the reason that Rocket does e-commerce, which is Rocket does it primarily to bump um, revenues, uh, which then they raise more money from venture venture capitalists, and they've listed their company. They've listed the whole holding company. What they've already said in their listing, and their portfolio, and their prospectus, and... All the results that have come out, they've never made a profit on any of their businesses. Oh, yeah. That's Rocket's own prospectus. Okay, so, that, that's so it's not a, like so coming go, from me. You go we'll, look it up. Uh, we'll
1: put that in the show notes, guys.
0: <laughs> go look it up. Like, <laughs> Rocket have <laughs> never made a profit on any of their e commerce businesses, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yet they've raised billions of dollars yeah. and um, they just have top line revenue. And right now, that's the, that's that's the industry uh, basically supporting top line revenue growth and not giving, a shit. Not giving anything about the. Uh, Bottom line: where, where we where we where we come from is we care about the bottom line. We, 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 we expect that at least half our portfolio become profitable, which generally means that it's not like a, a rock star. Right. right, right. If, if it's profitable, it's not a rock star.
1: Right. You, you mean in the sense that okay, you got to grow in the right way, and uh,
0: it's not a billion dollar company if right. it's profitable.
1: Generally speaking,
0: uh, it's just not. When you have profitable companies, they. They just don't have growth metrics that basically justify billions of dollars.
1: So, do you want to create like ten million dollar companies? Is that like the fifty million dollar companies? Is there like a sweet spot? We we have a I have a
0: a personal mission to build one billion dollar consumer company. Okay, out of Singapore, a unicorn. I want to all the unicorn yeah. Unicorn Singapore. hunting in Singapore yeah, I'm unicorn hunting in Singapore <laughs> which is totally crazy and everyone told me I'm stupid which is great which is exactly why I'm doing it yeah usually when that happens it makes you more resilient yeah <laughs> actually when Mark joined me he said why are you doing this I was like because they told me I can't well that's why I want to do yeah. it yeah. <laughs> I want to do it more because they told me I can't <laughs> um, the second thing that we basically look at is look we, we, we have investors yeah. so we want to Return the, the capital and we've promised them good returns. So we want to make sure that they get their returns. If we get a unicorn, that's the bonus, right? So that's my goal. But I mean, you need to look after the people who, who pay you money yeah. and they gave you the money in the first place. So but if we get, it's actually pretty easy. The work the economics are. If we get our portfolio of, let's say, 10 companies and we get it up to a valuation of about $100 million and we get exits at about that, that range. Overall, on an average, you get about $100 million off. We end up owning about 30 to 40% of that company in, at the end. Okay. Um, so you're basically pulling back 30 to 40 million bucks. Um, and I can tell you right now that that's a good return for the capital that was put in.
1: Yeah. Um, so well, let's say you get one that starts doing really, really well, yep. and you get you know more inbound interest from the VC community. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Huh? Yep. We just Look, we're not against working with ECs. We, we, we just have more leverage. No, no, we're just like the founder. Yeah.
0: So we're, we're like the guy with the crazy idea, but we just have a team to execute against the crazy idea yeah. instead of having to like be the one guy on his own who's going to the startup events, yeah. going, can you find me a technical guy? Right. We're just like, we've got everything already. The technical side,
1: content, PR, marketing, whatever you need. Push it in, right? I think, I think that's kind of what the ecosystem needs here, because in the last four or five years, like, you know, when you meet VC sometimes, not all of them, sometimes here, they just want... In, I remember I had one meeting where we had launched Perks and it was like four months after launching and they asked for our P&L. Yeah, I, I think that same meeting I had was the exact same people <laughs> with you that went on our P&L as well. And then and then I had a similar type meeting with a VC in the Valley and the, literally the first thing he said was, I don't care about your revenue, just tell me how you're going to grow. Okay. So in in this part of the world, maybe venture building is that bridge because you can demonstrate traction, you can demonstrate numbers, you maybe are profitable, Mm -hmm. and then you get the interest from the VCs where there's more more of a level playing field, less risk for the VC. There is this, you know, we we look at it like this, uh, if there are
0: VCs that want to work with us, we're not against working because we need to raise Series A, right, which is where the VCs want to invest. They don't want to invest at angel anyway. So we're doing the investment at the angel stage, we're not trying to do the investment at the a stage will work with any VC to take the money for sure, right? A difference for us is that we can start exiting our position after A, whereas the, the, invest, invest, the VC is not going to exit till, till IPO or much later, right? or, 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 or trade sales. So, right. that, um, our model is that we own a lot of equity so that we can sell down our equity after A, which is basically what I've been doing with my other companies. I don't have to work anymore. Okay. But right. I haven't had exits.
1: Okay, that helps answer that question. So, so what <laughs> I haven't start? had exits, but I've exited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so you, you sold your equity yeah, in companies that still exist and operate. Yeah, and it's, called,
0: it's called the secondary market. Yeah. So, so what's the
1: launched. riskiest part of this? Is it selecting the CEO? I mean, you must have a methodology on, on what you look for. Right.
0: We generally look for someone with more than 10 years of experience inside the, the industry that we're going on. Exactly. So that's the... It's like you choose a CEO, it's like you would choose a CEO or a CFO or a COO. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's non-startu kind of decision making. You put a request for PCBs and maybe yep. you approach some people and then they basically give them C and you interview them and then
1: But you're not doing like I mean, more on the nuts and bolts, you're not hiring recruiters, you're you're no, doing we, it, we, we, putting LinkedIn job posts out there, what, do you, what we do have you an HR
0: post like, and a it. yeah. Okay. So
1: um, let's um let me ask you some rapid fire questions on sort of day to day stuff, either you or your portfolio companies are using to kind of just organize themselves. Sure. Like, what do you use to organize yourself during the day? Are you using? I'm disorganized. Well, <laughs> personally, disorganized because that's my job, okay. is to be the creative one. Okay, okay. <laughs> is that just an excuse to be disorganized? Possibly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
0: But again, like that's my role is to come up with a new idea and to be the crazy guy. Yeah. Um, but we, we we use obviously the traditional Google tools. You know that basically exist you know, the calendars and email and
1: you know spreadsheets. Yeah, I don't sure. know why. Like my brother works for a company in New Jersey, and they got off their own like old email system, and they didn't choose Google. I was like, why would you not at this point choose? Um, <laughs> not,
0: <right? laughs> so you just do you pay you do it it's done um, we use Slack for internal communications um, we use why, why did, did that come up from the developers recently developers or? yeah developers they, they use that um, and then internally um, you know we we just all in one again we, we're proximity based so everyone works inside the same office and so you just shot at each other that's okay. the quickest way to get the shit done um, then you know, we don't try to work remote. We haven't found a remote working to work very well. Okay. That's why we have everybody in one office, and we have about 3,000 square foot office in, in uh, Block 71. We have a massive office there, and we just put all the people in. Um, the,
1: the, Do you have da- I mean, dashboard tools? are you using We have dashboards. We have boards. different.
0: Right now, I call, to be quite honest with you, we have, like, six different companies. We've got some great dashboards for some companies and some shitty ones for some other ones. It really totally depends on, like, what kind of businesses they're in. Like sometimes you find with B2B, you end up like using Excel spreadsheets or sales. You don't even, you don't end up using Salesforce because you don't want to pay the cost, right? right. So other uh, than you, you use spreadsheets. Then you you we have other ones where we customize the dashboard really
1: nicely, but we're not so excited about it. I think it's just always it's always great to hear if there's one or a few good hacks here or there that you found specifically useful.
0: I, I think the
1: biggest hack is um, accepting that that it's not going to be perfect.
0: That's yeah. the biggest hack because the problem is that people, are specifically in the Asian culture of being perfect, they really spend too much time focusing on like Your making, failure. Yeah, like making it perfect. And frankly, like we just expect, expect that it's going to fail the first time. Like we expect maybe two or three failure attempts before we get it right. And once you do get it right. That's the the, the big win.
1: And, and, um, I, I do that know you a have some secret sense. sauce. I remember talking to you maybe like three years ago, <laughs> where you used to do a lot of Google stuff and yes. you have a very specific methodology. For i uh, so is. yeah. So personally, I'm a Google search engine marketing expert. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good at SEO and good at SEM. Um, that helps a lot. We don't talk about that. How have those products changed? I mean, like you know, I know there's Google for audio, like remarketing yeah. audience tools now. Are you using Facebook? Yeah. Have you tried uh, dark posts or unpublished posts, anything like
0: that yet? So um, I saw with Google. Google's got more complicated, and quite frankly, I feel very sorry for anybody coming in new to Google, because you can just basically get lost mm. in the, in all the different options.
1: On the advertising.
0: Yeah, on the average yeah. side. It's just like they've overcomplicated so much I mean, even today, I mean, there. You know, I had a call yesterday or two days ago from an AdWords person saying, "Can I help you with some stuff?" And I'm like, "Where is that stuff that you're talking about?" And I I don't even know <laughs> what you're talking about. But but you know, basically, they'll call you up and tell you to raise the bid. <laughs> like, thanks. That's that's not very helpful to me. So um, yeah, that you know. That that part over there
1: is is getting more complicated. Google's not making it easier because you have a in your portfolio. You do have of like BDC companies, and yeah. I'm sure part of your strategy on the marketing side, you have a methodology to get the user. Yeah, but we
0: don't do a lot of you know e-commerce, so we're not following what what the trend is right now. We think that's a bubble, and we think that's going to fall over. Um, we just think
1: it's unsustainable to lose money. You know, you're your talking specifically about the, uh, the the e-commerce spending that's happening for user acquisition and cost acquisition is Yeah, yes, yeah I just awesome. have to look at fab.com. They were like a
0: fantastic example of investors getting super excited about the top line. Which one is this?
1: Fab.com. Oh, that, of course. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, they raised like 250 yeah. million dollars. Investors were just getting super excited. I mean, even the Singtour Innovate guys went in for 10 million bucks at the last round. And then six months later went back broke, you know. so. It just shows you like the investors are, are super excited about the top line. They don't give a damn about the bottom line. It's all about growth. They don't care how you get the growth. We think it's not sustainable. You just have to look at Rocket. Rocket's exactly the same business as, as Fab, which just being done on a different scale. Right? None, none of the businesses make profit. That's a problem for me. Long term, we don't believe, you know, Mark and I believe that there will be a, a fallout at some point. We need to be ready for it, and we need to have as much money as
1: we can in our kitty to basically ride through whatever storm there's going to be. Well, and that's where usually the big opportunities are, right? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so you know, I find the venture building so fascinating. Uh, I think it is a part of the story to help the ecosystem here grow. It's a, it's a different approach to things. Um, tell us, you know, tell the audience how to find out more about you or the projects or sugar.sg.
0: Uh, well, we, we put up the jobs fix on our website um, generally. Like, we have one right now, uh, I think, up on our website that we're looking for someone in, uh, in porn broking in Singapore. Yeah. We're really struggling to find a porn broking guy because okay. we really want to do a porn broker okay. Okay. in Singapore. Okay. <laughs> it's just an example, right? Like, you can go look at a
1: website, it's there. I was so like, sugar.sg. sugar.sg. Dot That's slash it. careers. Okay. Yeah, no, no, it's just
0: on there and you see it. our careers. It's there. I don't. We're not, we're not even hiding. It's just there. You know. And so they're gonna say to me, "Oh yeah, I was gonna do a pawnbroker too." You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're gonna find out. You're gonna need to raise two million dollars because that's what the license cost says that you need to raise. So you know, like so that's what we're that's what we're doing. We're, we're, what about you like know? One are of you, the are you active on social media? Or are, you, are you? Um. I do post a little bit on Twitter because I, I get I sit around waiting, waiting you know waiting for my wife or my kid or whatever and then I basically post rants <laughs> but but I don't um, think that I like, my my rants are probably that clever <laughs> it's not Mark Andreessen's rants <laughs> he's got some good rants yeah
1: Andreessen's got great rants all right well thanks for coming on thank you Andrew
0: Digital Frontiers was produced by Andrew Roth and me Michael Walters we hope you enjoyed the show you can leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any questions, please go to our website at maintainmedia.com and leave a comment in the show notes. If you want to be notified of future episodes, please sign up for the newsletter.